Shoulders, we 
thank you for every life that's in the room right now, God. We thank you that you're here and that you're meeting us in a personal way. Um, so I just invite you guys, wherever you're at, just to close your eyes and open your heart, open your hands to what God wants to do in you tonight. Um, just brush off the things of the day, of the week, and just invite him in like never before. Know that you have a Father in heaven that loves you, that's always looking out for you, that would do anything for you, that loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you, to give you life. So God, I just pray that this night would be a night of just experiencing you, going deep with you, I just thank you that, um, yeah, what you're, for what you're gonna do tonight, God, that you're meeting us wherever we're at. Um, I just pray that you'd speak to us in a personal and powerful way and that we would walk out of this room at the end of the night as changed people because we know how much that you love us. God, I just pray for Ryan, for Brett, um, and the message that they're gonna speak to us. I thank you that, uh, yeah, that their intimacy with you is gonna overflow tonight and that your grace is just gonna be an overflow in this room. Um, so I pray that you would speak, use the words that they speak, God, to touch every life in this room. And meet us right here, God, in a personal, 
refreshing way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Owen. You guys may have a seat, please. Oh, man, that was good. Can we give the worship band a round of applause, please? Man. I just felt like I got this picture uh, as they were singing over us, almost just like a lullaby, like our father or our mom when we were a kid, like in the baby cradle or whatever it's called, um, crib, and uh, them just singing over us. I know for us guys, I'm going to be like, what? That's weird. But just like the father singing his truth and his love over us. And I think we all need that sometimes. We all need to be reminded who he is and who we are and just to rest in his love. So guys, my name is Ryan. Thanks for coming out. Is anyone here for the first time? I saw some couple new faces. Man, thank you. Got one brave woman of God there. I met another dude. What's up, man? Man, coming out, first time alive at our church. We normally meet at the Ark, but uh, we do this once a month um, just to kind of have a little more space, a little more time, and of course, order Jets pizza. So uh, that's why Caleb comes out, right, Caleb? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, never say my name again like that. <laughs> um, so we are in a, a sermon series called The Real Stuff. And this is week three, the first week we looked at, is it okay to drink? And if so, how much? And last week, uh, our, one of our senior pastors came to speak on, is it okay to be rich and successful? So these are actually questions each week that students picked, that students chose to kind of look at. And uh, so we're excited to continue that series. Uh, next week, I'm really excited. We kind of got a guest speaker again that's going to be co-preaching with me. I don't want to give it away, but um, you guys will be pumped to hear this woman of God. I promise you that. Um, but tonight, um, as... Owen, I forgot to tell him not to give it away, but uh, Brett is going to be sharing with me, and uh, we're just excited for the story and what God wants to share. And tonight we're looking at the question is, why is intimacy so important? Why is intimacy so important? And you might think about that, you'd be like, man, intimacy, what does that mean? And we're talking about why is intimacy so important, first with God, second with ourselves, and third, with each other. And if you remember, if you came to Alive in the first couple weeks, we talked about the vision of Alive and that we really can't know what our purpose and our destiny is in this life if we first don't know who we are. Who is the real Ben Perkinson? Who is the real Carol? Who is the real Cole Skidmore? We can't know our purpose if we don't know who we are. Because if we don't know who we are, we'll be defined by this world instead of us defining the world. And we can't know who we are if we don't really truly know who our Father is up here and in here. And it's the same thing about intimacy. I'm convinced, and I'd like to propose an idea, that we can't have true intimacy with each other. You can't have true intimacy with letting someone know who you are and seeing and experience who they are if you don't first know who you are. You can't take other people places that you yourself haven't gone. You can't give away what you don't have what we don't have, and we can't truly know who we are if we don't have that intimacy first with God. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to share a little bit about our stories. Brett's going to share kind of a testimony of his life, and we're just going to pray and hope that God kind of opens our hearts for even us tough guys to have intimacy with him. So I'm going to pray us in again, but will you just do me a favor if you feel comfortable? Can you just put your hand on your heart for me? 
And just say this prayer with me. God, open the eyes of my heart tonight. Let me experience you in a deep, fresh, and new way. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> hey, that rhymed at the end, didn't it? <laughs> I didn't even plan that. You like that? <laughs> um, so I want to share the definition of intimacy. Um, it, it, is, it means close, familiarity of deep friendship and closeness. The act of expression, a close association, and detailed knowledge or understanding. And it, it's an expression, an act of I know you deeply, intimately. I don't just know things about you, but I know the deep things about you and about myself that no one else knows. Someone could say, okay, you have intimately knowledge about how to play golf, right? You might study the game of golf. I don't know why I just thought of golf. You just, hey, I'm not talking about football for once. You guys should be happy about that, right? Um, but man, you, you could study the game of golf, right? You could, you could read books on it. You can watch it. But you might never do it. And it's not, you don't really experience it until you play the game. I could know everything about Joshua. I could study, I could write any, read everything he's wrote, um, but I'm not really gonna know him deeply and truly as a friend and a brother until I spend time with him, listening to him, getting to know him as a friend. And so tonight, we don't wanna talk about just knowing about God and studying his word, even though I love that. And I, I, went, I went to seminary, I've studied Greek, I've studied Hebrew, and I don't say that to boast. I know how to parse verbs, I know how to dissect verses. But you know the, the, the part of my life where I've grown in, the most in my faith? It was a summer, and actually it was almost for a year, where every day, almost every day, I skipped eating lunch. And I took a chair in the, middle, in, in the woods, sounds weird, and I just sat there. I had my Bible available, I had a journal available, I had my phone on not to, do not disturb so I could play some worship music, but I just sat with God. I sat there and got to know him as a friend. And I would often start off the conversation each day and say, God, what do you want to do today? When I hang out with friends, I don't just do the same thing every time, I don't know about you, but I say, hey, what do you want to do? You want to go to a movie? You want to go work out? You want to go for a run? You know, go to Cedar Point in Ohio. <laughs> we do different things because when you're put in different circumstances and situations, you get to know people in a different, unique way. So I would sit with God and I would just op maybe open my hands and just sit there and say, God, as much as I want to hear from you today, as much as I want to learn about you and your word that I love, I would rather spend time with you. I don't want to just get something from you, but I want to be with you. I don't want to just learn and check it off my list. That's good. I hope that happens. But I want to enjoy you as my father and as my friend. And I know right now, I can see on some of your faces, you're like, man, what are you talking about? We're supposed to learn. We're supposed to grow. And yes, but imagine if you hung out with me and every time I called you up, I just wanted something from you. That I knew nothing about you as a person, but I just wanted something, I wanted to learn something from you. Or I wanted you to give me facts or information about, uh, that, that would help me in some way. I'm sure you'd be very helpful and be willing to do that, but after a while, 
you'll be like, wait, do you even know me? Do you even enjoy me as a friend, as a sister or a brother in Christ? Or are you just wanting to get something from me? I think God loves to speak to us. He loves to inspire us in, in the word. He loves to, to, to give us hope and comfort us. He loves that. And I, I, I'm challenging you real quick, and I'm, forgive me if this is your first time, but I think the deeper part of God's heart and what intimacy is truly all about, he just wants you guys to know that he wants to be your friend, that he wants to be your friend, to walk with you in this life, to spend time with you, to let him know you and for you to know him as a brother, as a sister, as a friend, son and daughter of God. So my definition of intimacy is really this. In to me, you see. Say that again. In to me, you see. Do you guys know that God sees us? One of my favorite stories in scripture is Genesis 16, where there's this woman named Hagar, and she's cast off from her family, and she's in the desert alone with her, her little boy, and they don't know where to go or what to do. And, and she's lost all hope, and she's crying out to God. And you know what? God shows up. You know what she says? You are the God who sees me. He sees you, Christy. He sees what you're going through. He sees our hearts. And I believe the first thing about intimacy is opening our hearts to let him see us. Do you know when we give a gift away that I could give Brett $100 right now, and he actually has a part in me giving that. He actually has a choice to receive that and let me give him that gift. Well, intimacy is a gift that Jesus came so that we could know the Father intimately and truly, not just know about him in our minds, but know him deeply as a friend in our hearts. Into me, you see. John and um, the book of John, John chapter 17, verse three, it says this. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life, that they may know you. If you remember a couple weeks ago, Jesus said, I came so I would be the exact representation of the Father. That when you look at me, Mark, Jesus says, you see your Father. That as you know me, Joshua, you don't just know me, you, you know your Father. That I speak to you, I comfort you. And, and we learn about him through this book that we love. Please don't hear my heart. I'm not talking negatively about Scripture. I love Scripture. But you know what else? I love more the one who wrote the scripture. And these scriptures and stories are examples, Pralav, so that we can do these things and know God just like the people knew God in the scripture. They're stories so we can interact with God and have a relationship, a deep friendship with him. So that one day when we're married and we have a husband and a wife, we love them with the love of God. That it's not just a marriage between you and someone else, but it's a marriage with you, God, and them. That when we have kids one day, we love our kids with the love of God. That as we're fathers or mothers, God, as God continues to father and mother us, we know how to father and mother our kids. That we walk through life, Cole, at your, at your co-op and at your jobs with God. That we talk to him, that we listen to him. 
and that we know him deeply, truly as a friend. And I believe the first thing, guys, the Lord wants to ask is, will you let him see you? Because he sees you, but will you let him see into parts of your hearts that maybe you feel ashamed, that maybe you don't, you don't even want to think about, but will you trust that he'll meet you where you're at with love and kindness, not judgment. He won't judge you, but he'll meet you where you're at. Say, you are my son, Tyler. You are my daughter. And I see you and I'm with you. You know, I love the story in the scripture about Zacchaeus. Have you guys ever heard that story? Zacchaeus, he was this small little short dude, arrogant guy, a tax collector that wronged a lot of people, that took a lot of people's money, that a lot of people really don't like. Do you have anyone in your, your, your life that you really don't like? Yep, am I, the only, am I the only one? All right, thank you. We got one honest guy in the house. Um, I won't ask if that person is in, that, in the room because that would get awkward. Um, Zacchaeus wasn't liked by a lot of people. But Jesus is walking through. There's a huge crowd, and this little dude, Zacchaeus, gets on this tree and is looking out. And you know what? No one wanted to talk to Zacchaeus. They, didn't, they couldn't trust him. He was all about himself. He was all about doing what, what was best for him, and he would wrong a lot of people in the process. But Jesus called him out. He's like, yo, little dude, I see you in that tree. <laughs> he didn't say it like that. That just came to my mind. <laughs> Man, I always get the weird accents when I preach. I don't know why that happens. Um, but he's like, hey, I see you. And guess what? I'm coming to your house tonight for dinner. Yeah, so better go to Outback Steakhouse or Chipotle and get some food because I'm coming over. But he says, I see you, Kunda. I see you up there, and I don't care what you've done. I don't care that no one doesn't like you because I see you, Kaylee, and I see the goodness inside of you. I see the goodness inside of you. I see the son that I created in you. I don't see the mistakes. I don't see the, the bad things you've done. But I see the real you, Austin, even the real you that you don't know that you are. He sees us. He meets us where we're at. He says, I'm coming to your house to hang out with you for dinner tonight. He doesn't say shape up, give all the money back. Zacchaeus just out of joy says, hey, I'm going to make up for what I've done. I'm going to give even more back than I should. Jesus didn't even have to tell him to do it. But it was the kindness and love of the Lord that turns us to repentance, it says. And that's the intimacy of Jesus, the friendship of Jesus. And this is just a plug. I, we're going through a series called The Shack. When I was in seminary, I was told, don't read The Shack. It's bad for you and all this stuff. Man, it's one of the best books and movies I've ever read in my life. And next to the Bible, it explains the theology and heart of God in the most truest, realest way that I've ever heard. If you haven't seen that movie, please go rent it. If you can't afford it, I will pay for it, you to rent it. If not, Caleb will. <laughs> Promise, just promise me, go watch that. Go wa don't watch it with a, a synonym or just, just say, God, speak to me. Second story is a story about this Pharisee called Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a Pharisee, and the Pharisees didn't like Jesus. But you know what? Nicodemus snuck out one night in the middle of the night, and he comes to Jesus. And he just has these questions. And Jesus didn't say, oh, why didn't you come see me during the day? Are you afraid you can't? You know, I'm not going to talk to you. He wasn't defensive, but he answered his questions. And he actually asked some questions back to him. 
And you know what? There was a friendship cultivated in that moment. He met him where he was at. He wasn't afraid. Guys, I feel like that God wants you to know he's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of what you've done. He's not afraid of the shortcomings that you've had because he sees you. And when you talk to him, when you pray, don't pretend everything's okay if it's not. He knows your heart. He knows what's going on. Be real with him. Because as you're real with him and as you listen to him, you'll start being real with yourself. And as we're real with ourselves and we know who we are, we can start to be the real true self to our friends, to our family, and to the people in this world. So tonight, I hope this, this 10, 15 minutes of rambling has maybe inspired you to say, I don't really have this intimacy thing figured out. But I don't want to just know facts. I don't, you know, don't want to just memorize verses. Memorizing verses is great. Do you know I have a lot of verses in the Bible memorized? I'm not trying to boast, and I've never tried to memorize one of them. Never have. There's been verses that has grabbed my heart and spoke to me in a true way as if it was the voice of God speaking into my life. And because it was a revelation from God into my heart, it, it overflowed into my mind that wouldn't let me forget. It wasn't like, the, for the Lord your God is with me. Okay, the Lord your God is with me. That, that, that's good if it works for some of you. I'm not, I'm not, not judging you for that. But, but I want to know the heart of God because when I know the heart of God, if I know the heart and character of Kundai, I'm going to know who he is. I'm going to know his life. I'm going to know the man that he is deep down. And when we, guys, when we let God see us and meet us where we're at, we start to know the real Ben Perkinson start to know the real you, Kenzie, so that you can show the real you to your kid one day, that we can show the real us to this world and the people in our lives. I've been fake too, too long in my life. And so tonight, it's about being refreshed. It's about resting rather than doing. It's about listening rather than talking. All right, can you put that slide up, please? That's what intimacy is. It's about being, being with God. Sometimes, uh, you know, this might be embarrassing for some of you guys, but I sleep with my Bible, almost like a teddy bear. I open my Bible and put it on my heart. And sometimes I just ask God, God, just come cuddle with me. And that, that might sound weird. I used to think that was weird. But if he's my father, sometimes I just need a hug from him. And sometimes I just need to rest in him. And no matter how old we get, we're always his little kids. And then when I'm playing sports and I'm playing ultimate frisbee or softball, you know me, I like to play sports, I'm playing with him. God, help me be a good teammate that inspires my teammates on the field, off the field. Let me, be, let me play for you. Let me go all out for you. Let me inspire them. When I'm at work or I'm cutting the grass and I can't figure out how to restring the weed whacker, I hate those things. I do. Gosh, Tuck, you got to come over and help me with that. I'm like, God, help me with this. Give me the patience. Give me the peace. Sometimes I just stop and take a couple deep breaths. Holy Spirit, speak to me. And when I'm struggling with sin, when I'm struggling with anger, when I'm struggling with sadness, I sit in that chair with God. And I say, God, don't let me read this whole book and memorize it without knowing the author and the one who wrote it. Show me, right, why am I angry right now, God? Why am I sad, God? 
Why am, why am I feeling filled with anxiety right now? And you know, when, like when we're pulling weeds, we see the top of the weed, right? If we just pull the top of the weed, the weed's always going to grow back. Show me the root of the weed, God. Show me the, the depths of my soul that I might be even unaware of. Show me some wounds that, that happened to me as a kid that, that, that goes back to my father or my grandfather that you want to father me in, God. Then we start to know him. We start to know us. And we start to break generational chains so that when we are parents one day, if we are, to, or, to our kids or to our nieces and nephews or our cousins or our friends, we start to set other people free. Because free people free others. And we're always in the journey and process of being free. So I want to call my good friend, brother, one of the closest friends that I have, Brett Jacob, up. And when I think of Brett, I've asked him to share it as a kind of an illustration of his testimony of this. Because when I think of him, I think about intimacy. This dude just has this intimacy with the Lord, and he's not ashamed about it. He, he knows God because he sits with God. He spends time with God. He listens to God. And he knows him in a deep, radical, intimate way that has inspired me, and I pray and believe will inspire you. So Brett Jacob, take the floor, man. Give him a round of applause, guys. What's up, guys? I'm a uh, man. I'm really excited to be here to talk to you about this. Intimacy is something that is so foundational to everything that I'm about. And uh, I think you'll see why. In the spirit of intimacy, I just want to share a little bit of my story with you. So I grew up in Detroit, which by association makes me the most dangerous person in the room. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't get it. <laughs> you would if you'd been there. Um, no, but, and I, uh, I was one of those kids that always grew up in the church, always grew up knowing the Bible, going to church every Sunday with, with my family, and, and the way that God was portrayed to me was he was the one who I would listen to in order to make me a better person. He was the one who who died to save me from, from all my sins, right? So now in, in repayment, I have to do all of these things for him. And I would look at my performance at doing these things, at, at working hard for him, serving him, and that would judge whether I, was, whether I could be in my own skin well or not. The problem with that, though, was I would go to church, and, and every time all I would hear was how big of a sinner I was. And so I could, I could work hard, but I could never work off that debt, right? What could I do to work off the debt of Jesus paying for all of my sin? What could I possibly do? And that guilt just made me work even harder, and, and I developed this super performance-oriented mindset, which actually people looked at me and they said, oh my gosh, you're, you're an amazing guy. You're such, you're such an amazing servant of the Lord. And, and man, you're, you're just such a light. And I would take that and I'd be like, okay, I, you know, I, I, I don't know God enough to know these things for myself. But, you know, if they're saying it's true, then maybe it's true. 
and I, I, could, I could rest for, for a day and a night maybe if someone said I was a good person, but, but after that I had to hear it again, and I had to hear it again, because I didn't know myself well enough to know if I was good or not. All I saw was my sin. That's all the cross was to me, was, was a, an example of my sin. I didn't know God, so I, didn't, I, didn't, I couldn't commune with him. All I could do was confess that I'm sorry, and I want to do better. And that's a lonely place when, when you don't know that you can connect with people. You, you don't have that connection with God to know that, that you're free to be yourself with people. When you think you have this sin thing to hide all the time, you're, you're just alone. You're just alone all the time. Even when you're in, in a crowded room, even when people are telling you how good you are, how much they like you, how can you know? How can you know for sure without intimacy? And... Uh, Besides just, just the, uh, the sin factor, the, the, the fact that I couldn't hardly live in my own skin, I was also struggling for, for all my life with uh, what's called bipolarity. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of it. It's, it's uh, characterized by, by deep, deep lows where you have no hope or, or motivation or ability to even motivate yourself to, to leave your house, like I, would, I would sit for, for two weeks without even leaving my basement. And then all of a sudden, you, you just get jumped up to this high where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm invincible. Like, I can do anything. And, uh, and on those days, I, I would just go out into the streets of Detroit and pick fights to see if I could actually physically feel pain. Because I was pretty sure I was invincible. Like, I was pretty sure that I was bulletproof on those days. Um, but <laughs> I wasn't. Um, but I learned to, to say all the right things to get you to say the right things to me. But I never, ever knew you. I never knew a thing about you. I couldn't view you as a human being of value because I couldn't view myself that way. I couldn't have intimacy with you because I couldn't even look at myself. I couldn't be alone and look at myself because I would stew and be like, what am I for? What am I for? Why, God, why am I even alive? Why are you have me here to just keep disappointing you. But that's not the way God saw me. And it took me going to seminary, flunking out three times, going and failing at all the jobs that I took to finally bring me to rock bottom and say, you know what, I don't think that I know anything. I'm on all these medications. I'm, I'm doing all these treatment programs for this. I don't, I don't think... I know anything at all about anything, and I, I don't think that I can exist this way any longer. And at that point, I, I was just lost and, and coasting and, and trying to survive so that I wouldn't break anybody's heart, you know. Um, and it was in this place where, where God met me in an amazing way through a friend of mine whose name uh, is Jacob Comfort. Some of you guys might remembered him, he was, he was part of this church, and him and I grew up in Detroit together, and, and if I ever needed to feel good about myself, I would just look at Jacob's life, because, because he had it hard, man. His mental disorders made mine look like the picture of sanity, and, uh, and his, his life circumstances were just, oh, they were, they were rough, and, and we were kind of that way for each other, well, where we would, we would meet up and just talk about, hey, man, what medication are you on? Dude, I'm totally zonked on trazodone right now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and uh, after high school, I didn't see him for a while. 
and to run into him at this Thanksgiving party we had every year. And he said, uh, he, he saw me, and he beelines to me at this party. He says, Brett, dude, I got to tell you, man, I've been totally set free of everything I've ever gone through. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, you're on an up, and that's great for you, but I'm kind of on a down, so I don't want to hear about this. But he's, he's like, no, I'm serious. Like, God has set me free of everything that I ever knew. He's, he's released me from all this oppression, and, and he's entered my life in such an amazing way. Ah, la, 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 la. And, and at that point, I just turned tune him out because I was, like, thinking, one, dude, who are you? How arrogant are you to think that God would do this for you? Because God doesn't do that. This is something we're going to have to live with, so you're just a different kind of crazy now. But... At the same time, I was like, man, he's talking about God as if he knows him. He's talking about God as if he's had God, like he's heard from him. Man, I've never felt that way at all. But still, I blew him off. And, and the thing, his words, his, his countenance, everything about the way that he was different just for those few moments that I talked to him, it stuck in my head like a worm. And I'm thinking, ugh, but what if? But what if? But what if? And uh, so it took, took about a year before, me to, before I uh, worked up the nerve to call him. And I'm like, listen, dude, you think you know God? Why don't you tell me what it is that you think you found? Because I'm, I was pretty accusatory, but I was also desperate enough to call, right? Sorry, this thing keeps up. Uh, keeps on bugging me. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, man, I've read in my Bible that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, and I've never experienced that, not for a single day in my life. So you think you know something? I want to hear it. Tell me right now what you think you found. And he's, Jacob, he's a wise guy. I love him so much. He says, uh, dude, I, I could tell you, but I'd much rather show you. And he invited me to come out to Champaign-Urbana, where he lived at the time, to, uh, to spend a whole month with him, October 2014. And there was this amazing conference going on at the time. And this guy, uh, his name was Leif Hetland, uh, he, he had this whole message about the Father's love and his desire to know us intimately. And that's why he sent his son. And that the cross wasn't an accusation against us, but it was a... It was a display of our value, that he would die himself to set us free, to be with him like he always willed it in the beginning. And that was rocking my world, because I'm looking at this, and I'm, I'm seeing the cross for the first time in my life, and I realize, God, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about you and about myself, about what other people are even for. So, God, I'm laying that all down, and I'm asking you, you're supposedly my creator, who I really am. And in this beautiful moment of surrender and desperation, the Lord spoke to me for the first time, and he said, I am, and therefore you are. You've been trying to define yourself by life, by circumstances, by all of these terrible things that have happened to you, but that's not who you are. You get to know me, and I will show you very clearly who you really are. And that sounded great. I was like, oh my gosh. Me hearing the Lord, I'm like, yes, God, yes. That's a good deal. 
get to know the God of the universe and find out who I was created to be? Yes and amen. And in that moment, he, he tore. It was like scales fell from my eyes. And he showed me just a glimpse of who I really was. And in the picture of the value that God had for me and his desire to know me and for me to know him, bipolarity couldn't stay because that was just a name and he was the name above every name. Right? I am not my diagnosis. I am who God says I am. And this revelation of the goodness of God put a why in my life. Gave me a why for everything that I had always had a, had a heart to do, to be good, right? But why am I good? Because God is good. And the more that I know that God is good, the more that I see I'm in his image, the more I'm good. The more I'm empowered to live like him, to love like him. Because he is in this place, we're in this place together. He's loving me, and I'm loving him. And it's glorious. <laughs> oh, it's glorious. And that's, that's, what, that's what he's brought me on this journey on. To learn, to, to, to take the scales off my eyes more and more every day. Changing my eye more and more every day. Showing me new aspects of himself, aspects of who I am in this wonderful place of intimacy. And, uh, you man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, <laughs> there, you know, going into this, this amazing invitation of intimacy with him, there, there were three things that, that he showed me that, that I really want to share with you guys right now. And this isn't, this isn't really a, a practical thing as much as it's a mindset thing. Because this is where we meet with God, in here. In our hearts is where he dwells, and we renew our mind to who he is in this place with him. And uh, so the first thing he said was, come to me for the sake of knowing me. Going into this place, you can put the first point up. You're going to God for the sake of knowing him and not for the for what you can get from him. That was my mistake throughout my whole life. I was like, God, take the bipolarity away and forgive me of my sins. Yeah, it, it, was, it was about, I, I was never being with him. I was, I was just asking for something from him. And the whole of who he is is wrapped up, like all, all of his amazing gifts, all of the things he wants to pour out on us are right there with him. But it's through knowing him that that stuff becomes available. It's through knowing him that that, that becomes real in our lives. And it, it was, it was a, a different thing for me to be like, God, I'm just coming to sit with you and be with you. Then to like, God, make this and this and this right, please. Thank you. <laughs> because that open-heartedness where I'm just like, God, show me something today. He can do a lot with that an awful, awful lot with that. The second thing is, uh, that I learned was not to go in seeking a feeling experience, but, but one that starts and, and, and it builds up faith, right? And that's, so 
I had, a, I, I had an amazing couple of, of first weeks where it was like every time I go in there, I felt like there was some amazing sensation, right? I was like, I would get chills and tingles, and I felt the spirit in such a tangible way, and it was amazing. But after a while, that didn't really get to happen, and I, and I thought like, something was wrong. I'm like, God, why are we like, not jiving? Is something wrong? And he said, no, I'm teaching you about faith, which transcends experience and feelings. The truth, believing the truth with everything that you are, transcends all of your, your physical experiences, all your senses, right? And in that place, it, it sharpens you and teaches you how to go through life that same way. How to say, despite what my circumstances might look like, I know God because I've been with him. And even if this doesn't feel good right now, I know God is good. Because that is what I believe. That's what he's shown me in that place with him. And lastly, number, number three, and this, this is kind of the most important one because I, I viewed this at first in this way, is that intimacy is not a task to complete. It is a connection that is built between us and God. If I try, just go in checking off my intimacy, that's not intimacy. That's just, that's just a, a thing that I did. Me and Ryan, you know, if, if we schedule in to hang out, and we hang out and we don't even, like, connect, we're just, like, sitting there together and, and maybe talking real surface level, we don't build intimacy that way. We just spend some time in a room together, right? But if I go in without re really an agenda of just, you know what, God, I want to build this with you. I just want to be with you. Spend this time hearing from you, telling you about me. That builds intimacy, just like you would with any person. It builds, it builds that connection, that relationship. Yeah, so in closing, I just want to say, you guys, all this amazing stuff that we get to do as Christians, it's wonderful. It's, it's so, such a gift to be able to bring joy to people, right? To serve people, to, to love people and, and see them just changed. But none of it matters at all if we don't know why we're doing it. And if you don't know why you're doing it, it won't be fun for very long, I promise. If you don't have an intimate relationship with the why, who the why is, you'll grow weary in well-doing. You really will. And that's not his will for us. His will is for us to serve out of that overflow, be a cup that never runs dry. Yeah, so, yeah, I think uh, Ryan has some stuff. Man, could we give a round of applause? <laughs> So we have a, a preaching team um, that we uh, prepare and practice our messages with, and uh, I've learned that I'm a big feeler, and uh, there's some logical people out there that uh, like, you know, practical things, bullet points, and things they can take away, right? Uh, I'm supposed to, say, supposed to <laughs> cheer. 
Arnie, I know you're one of them too. <laughs> Work out with Arnie. He loves that. But so, Brett, I just wanted to ask you a couple yeah. questions, man, um, because this is something, obviously, I think it's a lifelong journey of something mm-hmm. that we master and grow in. But it's something that I feel like, honestly, you have a lot of depth in that I've seen um, in your life, in your relationship with God, in your relationship with yourself. I mean, you know yourself. I mean, almost too much. I don't know what that means, but, you know. And you, I'm very comfortable. <laughs> and, and you know others, you know. Uh, I was just with Brett today. We were at the grocery store getting some stuff. And I looked at him and I said, Brett, with all the love in my heart, I say this. You're the most, one of the most funkiest dudes I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and he just looks at me he's like, thanks, Rye. <laughs> But, Brett, and practically, for your own life, mm-hmm. how, how do you spend time with God? How do you practice this mm-hmm. intimacy? Yeah. Well, what it looks like for me, probably 99 times out of 100, is I go in my room and I sit with him. And a lot of times I'll, I'll open my Bible um, and I'll... I'll the Bible was always, as much as I could like conceptualize it, was always something that was um, kind of a mystery to me at the same time. Like I, I was just like, I don't get this. I, I, yeah, these words, I can read them, but I don't get this. And that was actually a, the beginning of a huge thing for me because I realized that I could just be like, God, I don't get this, but you want to tell me all about what's in here. This is your word. This is, this is you. This is what was made flesh in Jesus. So God, I'm going to I'm going to open this up and just ask you to help me to understand who you are and who I am. And it says in, uh, in James, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. God, I lack wisdom. And that, that was the beginning of, of him being my, my teacher, my father. And then there are other times where he's just a, kind of a companion, a friend, as, as close, it may sound weird, but as close as a lover, really. He, he dwells within me. And that, those times just look like worshiping him, crying out to him, telling him all the amazing things about who he is and declaring to him all the amazing things that, that I'm so thankful that he's made me now. So, Brett, give us a glimpse of what your quiet time or your daily time with him looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> lately, uh, it's, it's looked funny in the mornings lately because in the mornings, I've, I've been just a little sleepier than usual for some reason. And uh, so what I'll do, I'll set an alarm for, for about 7 o'clock. And I can't rouse myself to complete consciousness at this point. But I'll, I'll feel around, grab my phone, and just turn on some worship. And it's playing out of the speaker in my phone. And, I, and it's like, uh, you know, I will really and I think, oh, God. <laughs> Like it's that's how it looks, and it's amazing. He's gonna be on the worship team soon, guys. <laughs> you know, half asleep, just oh how great thou art. And it's been so cool to wake up that way, to just slowly wake up with Jesus and be like, oh Lord, here we are. Another day, another day with you. This is gonna be great. I'm gonna like this one. And. Uh, yeah, that's what my mornings. Sometimes it's been a little bit more uh, what you might expect it to look like. I get up and and I have uh, just some kind of warm drink. Usually not coffee because because upsets my stomach, but just something like hot chocolate. <laughs> he knows too himself, much information. Guys. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, 
This is the exact picture. This is exactly what you asked for. Um, but I'll, uh, I'll sit there and just be in my Bible and say, God, like, let's hang out. Let's talk. Let's, God, who, who are you in this, in this verse? Like, what are you saying to me right now? Something jumps out at me. I'm like, God, I don't get it because it's, it's like practically glowing, but I don't know what you mean, so just tell me. Just reveal it to me. Take the scales off my eyes. Just let me see. So you kind of go into knowing and being with him rather than learning, even just learning or gaining something. Yeah. You hope that happens, but that's not the thing you're seeking. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, um, the learning comes along with, like he'll, he'll point me to something and be like, yeah. there's a deeper thing here. And then I can go and grab my commentary yeah. or look in my original language, my Greek or, or Google stuff. Yeah. And, and then it's like, oh my gosh, that was cool. Like you, yeah. And you know, you heard from him. That's an amazing intimacy builder right there because when he, when he points something out to you and you dive into it and you find something, you're like, I can really hear from the Lord. And after a while, you just start to believe that that's totally possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like um, in the Psalms where it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. And with him, my love language would be probably physical touch. I love to feel his presence, his tangible presence and his love. But I've also learned that when I don't feel that, that's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't go into it for a feeling, but I go into it to be with him. And if, yeah. if that's the outcome he blesses me with today, great. If he blesses me to get you know, nailed with a verse that just, boom, I'm thinking about all day or for weeks, you know, that, that, that's awesome. But I'm, I'm going to spend time with him. I'm going to be with him. Uh, Brad, I got one more question for you. Yeah. You know, when we don't have the feeling, you know, I love when I get something, a revelation, a verse, yeah. I, when I learn, believe it or not, I do like to learn, um, you know, but it, it, sometimes what do you do through that dry season where you just feel like you're grinding and you're waking yeah. up morning and before you know it, 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 it's almost like going in the weight room or working out mm -hmm. and you just lose the passion. You're just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. How do you kind of snap yourself out of that mm -hmm. with, with the Lord? Yeah. Well, guys, when you, when you let him build you up in this place, when those dry seasons come, you see them differently. Like the Israelites, they saw their wanderings in the desert as it'd be better for us, it'd be better for us. Why is this happening? It'd be better for us. They wandered for 40 years and they died there. But Jesus went in the desert for 40 days and he came out in spirit and power, right? And it was because of who he knew. And you build this, this and, and then there have been times where, where I let my eye be, be just, misdirected, be taken by something else, saw my problems as, as this big and my God is, as this big and focusing on the problems and trying to use God to, to solve my problems. But what he really wanted to do was use me to, to change that circumstance completely. So in those times where, where I, I feel, and there's almost a guilt that can come over you in those situations, right? You feel like, man, I know. I know God, and I've spent all this time with him, and I just let myself be totally sidetracked by this little dumb thing, yeah. and, and I, I feel crappy right now, but there, there's a, that's why the scripture is so amazing, because you open that up, and he says, man, you're holy, you're blameless, you're above reproach in his sight, and that when you stumble, he is graceful to pick you up again, to restore you to everything you are. He, he never changed his mind about you 
when you were going through that thing. His mind didn't change about you. Your mind may have gone off in, my mind may have gone off in a direction, but he is always faithful to stand you up, bring you right back to sonship, like the, the reality of that. Yeah. And that, that's faith there. That's, that's a faith thing. That's an issue of, you know, despite the fact that I feel like I'm worthless right now because of this left turn I just took in my life, God, I'm choosing to believe that you say better things about me through your son, through Jesus. Because if you didn't, you would have never sent him at all. You would have never considered us worth it. And God, God's a, he's a savvy shopper. He buys what is worth the price he paid, right? And we are worth that price. Yeah. Amen. So, Brett, thank you so much. Is there any last thing, intimacy, into you, into you? Into you, we see. <laughs> into you, I see. I forgot my own analogy that you want us to know. Man, there's nothing better mm. than just knowing him. All the amazing, spectacular things he's going to take you to do in all of your wonderful lives will all pale in comparison to just the reality of getting to know him. Yeah. Because that's where eternal life starts. Yeah. Eternal life is knowing him. And I don't, don't want to be guilty of not starting my eternal life until I shed this mortal flesh. I want to start my eternal life now here, right? I want to be here on this earth, the same person that I'll be in eternity, the one who knows him so deeply and intimately. And that's what he wants for us too. That's what he's inviting us all into. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Why don't you pray that over us real quick? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, oh, Lord. Oh, God. Your heart just burns for this. Your heart burns for us. It yearns for us. You want so much for us to just know you and be known by you. And you've never changed your mind, not even once. So, God, we just raise our hands right now. And we say, God, we surrender. We surrender ourselves completely to you. Our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, God, you can have them all. We just want to know you. We just want to know you, who you've created us to be by seeing who you've always been in eternity. declare that in our hearts right now, that that is our deepest desire. And seeing that that's the desire of our hearts, God, let us honor that. Inspire us. Give us grace to honor the desire of our hearts to know you, God. Know you deeply, truly, intimately. Don't let a single ounce of the grace to be with you miss our lives. Every drop that's available to us here, we want it, God. We drop time with you. We want it. Thank you, Jesus. You're faithful to make this our reality. In your name, Lord. Amen.
could box you in But I'm laying down I want to know you
cry of our hearts tonight, Father, that we would know you, Lord, that we would know you more as a friend, as an intimate lover, as a father, as a savior, as a guide, that we would learn to know your voice and experience your presence, to know your truth, to be worshipers who worship and know you and live our lives by your spirit and your word, by your spirit and your truth, that when people look at us, they see you. So God, we pray tonight that you would take us deeper into your friendship, that we would learn to be with you, to rest with you, to listen to you, to sit with you. God, I thank you that tonight is a night of remembrance of what you did for us on that cross. And it's a night of remembrance of that when we see you, Jesus, we see the Father. And as we come to know you more, Lord, we come to know not just you, but, but us and the people that you created us to be. And that as we share ourselves with others, we share you with others. So I'm going to call up my sister, Mariah who does and means so much to this ministry and this family. And she's gonna kinda share a little bit of her story and uh, take us into what we're gonna do next. Yeah, so when Ryan asked me to do this, my reaction was what? <laughs> like literally what? Because today, literally today, I was talking to one of my friends just about how like, I don't feel good enough and like I'm not doing enough and I'm never doing enough and like I'm never gonna be enough and just all this stuff and yeah it's just been a journey I think um, with me and God of just learning what it means to do nothing with him um, and I would just say like I just remember like when I first came to college and I started like realizing I wanted to become closer to God I was like yep I know what to do like I'm gonna lead a million small groups I'm gonna go to every event ever and I'm going to do all the right stuff, and I'm just going to grow closer to God. And that soon just showed me that that wasn't fulfilling. And even if you're doing things for God, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. It is a good thing, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to bring you joy to just do a ton of things. 
And so this, going into this year, I cut back on a bunch of stuff and I was like, all right, like I'm doing it right this time. I'm cutting everything back. Like I'm just gonna do a couple things. And I was like, that's perfect. Like I'll find my rest. But like still I was like stressed and like, what is going on? And like, why am I not good enough? Like I'm doing less stuff. So I should like have this rest, but I still didn't. <laughs> and so I just have just been on this journey of just learning that God just wants me to rest with him. That doesn't necessarily even mean just doing nothing, because when we do nothing, it's really easy to fill our time with something, like scrolling through Instagram or just like, I don't know, laying on your bed doing nothing and watching Netflix. Not that those are bad things, but yeah, so I just found myself like just filling my time with other things, and even though I have more time, still feeling stressed and still not having rest. And it's just been this journey, I think, even in the last few months, really, of just learning um, just how to rest with God and just how to sit with him and just realize that that time is so sweet and so important. And um, yeah, the days when I don't wrestle with God, I can feel it. Like I feel so much more stressed. Um, and just everything is bogging me down. But when I do just take that, even if it's just 10 minutes, just say, God, like, okay, today is yours. Like, I'm gonna rest with you right now just for 10 minutes. And it's so much better after that. And something else God has been teaching me is just that he wants to be with us through everything that we do, um, even if it's not for him directly. I recently just got a new job and it's been really cool to just realize that he like wants to be there with me to connect with my coworkers and just love on them, even if it isn't directly saying like, hey, I'm a Christian, <laughs> but just like loving on them and just being there for them and supporting them. And um, yeah, and so I just feel like just tonight, um, throughout this time, just take this first step just tonight, just to be with him, just to rest, just to be silent, be still, and realize that you don't have to do anything to earn your way to God. And so throughout the room, we have a poster over here that you can, um, it says, my father, dot, 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 and you can write just things that God is saying about you or speaking over you tonight. And then we also have a table with some paper and pens you can draw prophetically. Um, and paint over there too. There's another table with paint. And we're also gonna take communion tonight. Um, yeah, so just use tonight as a first step of just realizing what it means to rest with God. Just ask him what that means for you and for him because it's not gonna look the same for me as it does for you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, sis. Yeah, it's the art and journey of not doing things for God, but doing things with God. It makes it a lot more exciting and meaningful. So I wanna take this next minute or so and we're gonna start off the night or start off this portion of the night by taking communion and remembering who God is and what he's done for our lives. And I just wanna invite you into opportunity. We did this at my church that I grew up in. And every time before we took communion, we just got on our knees and just talk to God for a minute. And if there's anything that you need to give him, give it to him. If anything's been weighing you down or any mistakes or sins or anything, just talk to him, just be real with him. And some point throughout this song, when you feel led, come up. And when you eat of that bread, remember that it represents his body that stayed on that cross, that died on that cross for you and when you drink the grape juice know that it represents his blood 
that bled for you. And let it be a reminder that no matter where you've been and no matter what you've done, he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. His mercies are renewed every day and he'll never give up on you. He'll never give up on you, Savannah. So I just encourage you, if you feel comfortable, take a knee and just talk to him and come up as you feel led. And after that, we're gonna end kind of different tonight. We have, a next, we have another hour, hour and a half. If you wanna stay, stay. And we're just gonna play worship and give, give you a, t- a moment to rest in him. And I actually encourage you to go to a station or spread out, get out of your chair, go lay down with him if you need to, go, go sit with him, journal with him, but just soak and rest in his love tonight, guys. Let this be an intimate place where you can just be with him.
Yeah.
just restoring a lot of brokenness. I feel like in that last song that we sang, your love is proud to be seen with me. <laughs> and I know right now in my life, I'm just going through some stuff. We all go through stuff. But sometimes that stuff can blind us the beautiful, reckless love of God that passionately pursues after us each and every moment of each and every day. And so I encourage you, wherever you're at right now, whatever you're doing, ask the Lord, God, what are you saying to me right now? What are you speaking to me right now? speaking clearly. We just got to open our ears to hear him.
God, I thank you that when we look right at you and sing right to you, that the storm doesn't seem as bad, bad as it is. That we might be in the boat and the storm and the sea might be raging all around us and even our friends and our family and our loved ones are freaking out, but we can stay in that place of peace and hope because our eyes and our hearts 
are locked on you. That we don't talk about you like you're not in the room. That we don't talk about you like you're not real. But we look right at you and sing right to you, knowing that you hear every word. You know every thought. That you are with us in the mountaintops and the valleys. And we are reminded of what you've done for us and what you will do for us. And in that place, we are able to proclaim, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Even when I don't feel like it is well, even when I don't believe it is well, we will declare that it is well with our souls. Because you are with us. You are in us. And you promise to never leave us and never forsake us. So God, as we sing this song, no matter what we feel right now, God, we pray that this truth, that it is well with our souls, will take root and bear fruit because you are with us.
to declare. And if we say that we're a family, we're meant to declare this as a family together. So as we end tonight, I wanna ask you to come up front and let's put our arms around each other and sing this over ourselves and over each other as a family. And let's sing it that everything in us believes it. And if you can't believe it, that's why we sing it with each other. And my friend Caleb's gonna share a quick word. Before communion, um, I was just, just with God. And uh, usually I just take the communion as soon as I, as, as soon as I get it. But this time I just sat down and I just meditated and tried to spend time with God. And I was like, God, I'm not taking this communion until you show me that, that this was for me. And as I sat there and waited, I just, I saw Jesus, and I saw the cross right behind him, and it was just me, Jesus, and the cross. And I had these, these pictures in my hands, and they were moving, and there were things I, were, I was just really ashamed of. I was just really ashamed of these things. I couldn't even look at them. And I was like, Jesus, look at these things. And I can't stop. I can't stop doing these things. I can't live up to it. And, and he took them and he turned around and nailed them on the cross. And as he turned around, I saw all the scars on him. And my sister's been going through some things this year, health-wise, and he pointed at these scars and he said, these scars were for your sister. And as I sat there, he just said, I love you, Caleb. And it was just beautiful. <laughs> So I just, if you're having any doubts, anything, anything that you're ashamed of, just offer it to him. He's not asking you to do anything, but offer it to him. Yeah, just, just in this moment, look around you. Look to the people next to you, across from you. Let that reminder sink in that you are not alone. And now I ask you to close your eyes and picture Jesus smiling upon you. See the scars like Caleb saw. And don't let that make you, don't let that make you feel sad or guilty. And this is weird, but I feel like the Lord wants you to know those scars are for you. That he chose to have those scars, to endure those scars for us. And that when we see those scars, we are reminded that his scars make us well. His scars, his love makes us whole. That it is well with our souls because he is in our souls. So as you sing it over yourself and over each other, will you believe that it's actually his voice in you singing it, declaring it, and believing it?
chime in as well, just a voice. just thank you for the gift it is to have intimacy with you. When you died on the cross, you didn't just die for our sin. God, you died so we could have this access, that we could have this time with you. And so I thank you for this sweet family, for this beautiful representation of what it looks like to have family have friends, have people that love each other and are for each other. And God, I pray as we go tonight, we're reminded of who you are in our lives each and every single day. And we're reminded that you are not distant, God. You're living inside of us. You're breathing inside of us. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for this time just to rest in your presence. We love you. We're just so amazed by your love, God. Bless my family as they go. In Jesus' name.